0: Chase is on. It is time for yet another great edition of Chasing Ball Game, the sports betting podcast that is overflowing with great sports information as well as picks against the spread for this week in the world of sports. I'm your host, Jimmy Brown, and I am ready to bring you all of the vital sports information for the day in sports and a look ahead a little bit to this weekend. For those that are new to the Chasing Ball Game podcast, let me break it down for you. It's fueled by chasers. Chasers are fans of the show or Uh, people who share sports information that I use right here on the show on a daily basis. Chasers are are basically just passionate uh, sports fans because, look, if you want to get the best information about a certain team, where would you go? The fans, I mean, they know more than anybody, so feel free to hit me up on Twitter. You can find me at Chasing ChasingBallGame, and uh, all you got to do is follow or just send a message to me. Either way, and once you send a message, share some great information, I'll share it right here on the show, because that's what the show is all about, is showing information, sharing information, rather, and getting everybody the information they need to know on their favorite sporting event or what they're betting on, that kind of thing. And a special thanks to new followers, Chris Anchors and Kevin Richardson, for becoming the latest chasers to join the show. But Let's get things started. In this midweek edition of Chasing Ball Game, I'm going to break down some big college football bowl games. I'll hit up the NBA with betting the buckets, and I'll put out an early NFL pick. That's a special little New Year's gift to all of you. As always, the show is blazing quick with winning picks, so let's get started, and let's go bowling. Look, college football season, it's in full swing. Not one, not two, not three, but four great bowl games to watch. And the last... Chasing Ball Game Podcast. I badly backed Vanderbilt, but I am back for redemption. And if you saw yesterday, you know yesterday was a great day. Four underdogs covered yesterday. Not only that, a few of them won outright. Not to mention the fact that all of them also covered in the first half. So if you were on underdogs yesterday, you had a pretty good day overall for today. I know bowl games... Look, two of the four games on tap for me today. I'm going to start with the Russell Athletic Bowl, and that's the game between the West Virginia Mountaineers and the Miami Hurricanes. Miami announced that seven players did not make the trip after failing to meet the standards of expectation set by the program. Pretty vague, but... Don't overreact to this news. When this kind of news comes out, first of all, it happens every bowl season. Some team, some players get suspended. But most of the players that were suspended are either freshmen that either did not play or they used maybe sparingly small roles during the regular season. So I don't really think that's a big uh, situation for Miami to deal with. Plus, motivation is everything. Miami hasn't won a bowl game in a decade. They're looking to build momentum for the future under Mark Rick. And they've won four straight coming into this contest. Another key is the defense. This is a Miami defense that allowed only 18.9 points per game. West Virginia, of course, They have a fantastic offense, and they have motivation as well. But, look, if it comes down to kicking game, if this gets close, Miami has the edge to me. Michael Bagley, 10 of 11 on field goals of 40 yards or more. He can hit the deep ones, where West Virginia, they cannot. Not to mention the Mountaineers, 6-14 and against the spread in the last 20 against the ACC. Also, 1-6 and against the spread in the last seven bowl games. I'm going to make this pick quick. Give me the Hurricanes. They're dropping about two points. They're not getting a lot of love. I really think it's because of that suspension thing. But overlook it. The Hurricanes win this one. They win it big. In the second game, I'm going to look at the nightcap between the Kansas State Wildcats and the Texas A&M Aggies. It's the AdvoCare Texas Bowl, whatever it is. I know they name them all sorts of crazy things uh, this year. But this, to me, is going to be one of the better games of the day. The home field advantage belongs to the Aggies in this game. They're going to be it because this game's held in Houston, so we'll give it a, a sort of a home field advantage since it's closer, of course, to Texas A&M. But Wildcats they travel well and they come in on a three-game winning streak. The Aggies they're kind of heading the other direction; they've lost three or four games. Wildcats also have some motivation to do well. Case State hasn't had the best luck in recent bowl games. How about this? One in seven in bowl games since two thousand two. Now Snyder came out of retirement in two thousand nine, and he's since brought the Wildcats to an impressive 65-33 and record, but his lone bowl victory during that span, 2013. So there's motivation to get Coach Snyder the bowl victory. And AM, they got some good news too. Quarterback Trevor Knight said absolutely he'll be playing in the Texas Bowl. Uh, he, but don't overlook the K-State quarterback. To, to me, Jesse Hurts, he only threw eight touchdowns against four interceptions this year. But he also happened to lead the team in rushing 159 carries, 945 yards, and 10 touchdowns on a 5.9 per carry average. To me, he makes the right decisions when it comes to running the rock. That's important. Wildcats as a team ran for nearly 2,800 yards and 36 touchdowns, each of their top five runners averaging at least five yards a carry. And to me, Kansas State's defense trending in the right direction. This team has allowed decreasing point totals in four straight games, 43-21-19, and most recently just six points in their last win against TCU. This means long drives on offense because Kansas State, Kansas State rather, can control the clock with the running game and short stops on defense and a long day for the Aggies. Oh, by the way, Wildcats 23-11-1 against the spread when they play a team with a winning record. This coach knows how to get this team up. The Wildcats take them in this game, plus two and a half. I think they went out right, but take the points just to be safe. Now, time to hit the hardcore in the NBA with betting the buckets. I'm going to look beyond the box score. That basically is um, looking back in a game or two, and in this uh, segment, I have more than one game. I'm going to Look for things that you can find in these games that will help us bet on games in the future. And this doesn't always lead to a pick, but for today it just so happens to. I'm going to check out a calendar crunch. That's a team that could be in a tough uh, spot in in the calendar crunch. Uh, They could be in a good spot in the schedule too. It's not always bad. In this case, it's going to be another bad one. And then, of course, I'm going to try to keep my winning ways with a pick against the spread in the association. So let's get started beyond the box score. Again, I'm going to look at more than one game. Let's start with the Cavs' lost to the Pistons. This is something the Cavs have done all season and something to take note of if you haven't already. They win a big game. They bench big-name players and lose badly the next time out. Uh, the odds makers have kind of already adjusted. I think the Cavs were somewhere around four-point chalk in this game against the Pistons, where normally they'd probably be double digits. Uh, so they've adjusted, so maybe we're losing a little bit of value on this already. And for those of you who listened by betting the bucket segment in the past, you may know about the superstar subtraction theory, which means if a team is without their best player, you want to bet on the team. But look, all bets are off with the Cavs. James misses third game of the season. Cleveland has last all three, of course. He was out for this game. Of course, they got killed. So keep an eye on the Cavs. You don't want to bet on them on a nightly basis because you never know who's going to be in the lineup or who's going to be out of the lineup. It seems like they're in for the bigger games. But for these lower-tier games like the game against the Pistons, they just don't show up. Another game I want to touch on is the Pelicans win over the Mavericks. Look, the win is not notable for, let's just call it the victory in itself. The Mavericks are an awful team this year. But it's the new style of play the Pelicans have adopted of late. It's small ball. And it's here to stay for the Pelicans. Anthony Davis, of course, one of the best players in the NBA. Usually he plays with traditional fives. Omar Askik, Alexis, Ajani like Janico plays. But they've been benching those guys, going with a smaller lineup. And Alvin Gentry said they're going to stick with this approach against the Clippers tonight because it allows this team to, the play they want to play, how they're really comfortable playing, is how Gentry put it. And that's good for me to hear because that means the Pelicans like this setup. They probably asked to stay with it. of course, as long as they're winning. That's exactly what they're going to do. Plus, you got to love some of the quotes I'm hearing from the Pelicans because they realize with the way they started and how bad they started, it's like a must-win. Anthony Davis said, and I quote, Our season's on the line. Uh, I mean, let's face it, this team won 12 of its first 33 games. But now, just three games behind the Kings, the last playoff spot in the West, and Davis continued, we've got a lot of games coming up. We've got to win them at home. What that really means is he wants to focus on home games. He wants to make sure this team keeps winning. He really, really wants to get this team back in the playoffs. One more game I want to cover and beyond the box score. Last night, Dallas-Houston, Man. The Rockets and the Mavs, they really got at it. This is a rivalry in the making. I mean, the Rockets were not happy about the game. It included eight technicals, two flagrant fouls against the Mavericks, one ejection. The Rockets got the season sweep. Uh, as Jonathan Fien pointed out on Twitter, that's I, at Jonathan underscore Fien, F-E-I-G-E-N. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Jonathan. He's a chaser, and he's also a uh, reporter that follows the Mavericks. The Mavericks officials made sure that players did not meet after the game because uh, Trevor uh, Reza was looking for players to meet up and fight with, and they made sure the Rockets got to the bus without any problem. So this to me, why do I bring that up? One, uh, it's a physical game. Two, if these teams were to meet, even next year, I think it's something to keep in mind. I think it's still something to keep in your little book for next year. Now, onto the calendar crunch. In the calendar crunch, I pick out a team that could be in a fade in the near future due to a bad scheduling, or maybe they look good because they've had a few days off. Last time, uh, I had my calendar crunch on Monday. I talked about the Clippers, so keep an eye on their schedule. But today, I'm looking at those Dallas Mavericks. Look, we may not be able to fade this team against the Rockets, but we do get them in a calendar crunch coming up. They get a night off after the physical game against the Rockets, but then they play back-to-back road games against the Lakers and the Warriors. These are two teams that like to run. The last thing you want to do when you play these teams is be tired because you'll be gassed early and often. Uh, that last game against uh, the Warriors, by the way, will be their third game in four nights. So they do get a night off after the Rockets, but then they're going to be playing their third game, four nights, back-to-back, on the road. This team definitely will be gassed. The Warriors, by the way, they're going to have a night off before this game, so they will be rested and ready to go. Look, when I talk about the calendar crunch or I talk about beyond the box score, I'm just bringing this stuff to your attention. It is not always a play, but if you do like this play, if you do like the Warriors or, or obviously going to be double-digit chocks, uh, chalk in this game, make sure you get it early because that's the only way you're going to take advantage of the value because it's going to go nowhere but up, in my opinion. But okay, let's get to the pick. Won my last time out with a play in the Wizards as I unveiled my home-and-home theory for those of you who are not familiar with it. And tonight, I'm on the chalk again. Give me those Pelicans minus four. I see a four, four four-and-a-half out there. Shop around a little bit against the Clippers. Again, when I talk about beyond the box score, when I talk about calendar crunch, it doesn't always mean it's a play. Tonight it is. This is a calendar crunch for the Clippers. It will be their sixth game in seven nights. I mentioned that the Pelicans are taking this home stand very seriously. They're playing a different brand of basketball they're comfortable with. And look, things are just going bad for the Clippers right now. Starting backcourt, Chris Paul and J.J. Redick could each miss another contest due to hamstring injuries. And look, even if they play, you know I like it. Superstar Subtraction says when a star player comes back like Chris Paul, that team is a fade. Anthony Davis couldn't get any better right now, averaging 30.3 points, 17.3 rebounds, 2.5 block shots over the last four games, and collected at least 15 rebounds in each of those games. Plus, big, big revenge spot to me for the Pelicans. The Clippers beat the Pelicans twice by an average of 23 points earlier this month. They've won 15 of the past 20 meetings this is the kind of game that an NBA team circles because if they win this kind of game, it's the kind of thing that could give them momentum, bring the Pelicans to the playoffs. My opinion, they're going. My opinion, they're in the playoffs. Clippers 4-12 and against spread in the last 16 games, playing on one day's rest. And 0-4 against spread in the last four games. And look, I already told you how dominant the Clippers have been against the Pelicans, but they're only 4-13 and against the spread in the last 17 meetings in New Orleans which means they don't get up for this game. Don't forget, Chris Paul used to play in New Orleans, so probably some distractions for him as well. Give me the Pelicans minus four, four and a half, even if you want to take it. I think they win by double digits. I think this is a big, big win for the Pelicans and something that will get them into the playoffs. Take the Pelicans tonight and win big, betting the buckets. And before we wrap things up with the NFL pick, first Let me take a minute or two, and not even a minute, a couple seconds, to tell you about MyBookie.ag. That is the sports book I play at. I fully recommend it to you. I wouldn't recommend it to you if they've not been good to me. Uh, They pay, and that's what's important. Look, you got to get there. MyBookie.ag. You win, they pay. You're going to be wasting your time going anywhere else because, look, sportsbooks are all about reputation. This one has one of the best in the business. Don't sign up with a place that's going to give you hassle with deposits, hassle with payouts. It's not worth it. Plus, they have all the in-game live betting and all the new features that you're looking for. They offer fast, no hassle payouts when you win. Join my bookie right now, mybookie.ag, and you get an exclusive 100% bonus. Just use the promo code CHASER. Let them know you're a chaser and a listener to my show, and you're going to get that 100% bonus. So check out mybookie.ag. Sign up. You play, you win, and you get paid that simple, people. But let's talk the NFL. I told you guys on Monday that the Cowboys would take down the lines in a big way and score 30-plus points. I was dead on. Although I thought it was the perfect spot to bring in Tony Romo, it's not going to happen. Although there's no early games this week, no Thursday night game like we usually love, I still want to bring you a pick. Now it's the NFL. Everybody likes to talk about the NFL, but check back for the Friday Chasing Ball Game podcast when I break down the entire card to include the Packers and the Lions. Plus, I give you great information like the Cowboys just announced that if they do rest people, it could actually be Mark Sanchez that comes in and not Tony Romo. Look, the Eagles are minus six. That tells you something right there. It tells you that the Cowboys are going to rest people. That's why else would the Lions be a favorite. So that's the kind of information you need. That's why you have to tune in to Chasing Ball game on Friday. But for today, I'm talking the Chiefs and the Chargers. The Chargers need bodies running back. Farrell went down. They put him on our eye. Melvin Gordon, he expects to be a game-time decision for the Sunday game. He's going to play. Everything I'm reading says he's going to play. Uh he's three yard three yards shy of a thousand after missing the last two weeks. He's getting after it. He expects to be on the field. Just as a backup, uh Brandon George on Twitter at DMN underscore George. He said the San Diego Chargers signed former Cowboys running back, Gus Johnson, to their practice squad today. So they want to have a little bit of depth. You can't depth you can't blame them, but look for Melvin Gordon to be in the lineup. And the Chargers won't admit it. But they're embarrassed after losing the Browns. And, by the way, 10-4 and 4 gets spread in the last 14 games following a straight-up loss. But the Chargers will also get up for a revenge spot. The Chiefs are going for their third straight season sweep of the annual two-game season series against the Chargers. And I get it. The Chiefs are off a blowout win. They couldn't be playing better football. They still have to play. If they win this game and the Raiders lose, they get the AFC West in a bye, which is important. So why do the Chargers want to play? Just revenge, you say? Just to recover from that embarrassing uh, loss to the Cleveland Browns. There's a little more to it. The Bolts have individual records. Phillip Rivers needs four touchdown passes, tie his career high of 35 in a season, and his next 300-yard passing game will be his 52nd. That sets a new franchise record. Oh, by the way, he's not alone. Tyrell Williams, another Charger closing in on the thousand yard barrier. He's got sixty three passes for nine hundred and eighty nine yards and seven touches. Finally, Antonio Gates. This is the record to me. They really want his next touchdown catch will tie in with Tony Gonzalez for most ever caught by an NFL tight end. I wouldn't be surprised if they try to get him too. These individual records are a big deal, people. And look, the Chiefs one in seven against spread in the last eight games after allowing a less than fifteen points. And don't overreact to that Chargers loss to the Browns like most Dodos do for the week. Right now, if you look at the football betting consensus, 86% of the bets are on the Chiefs this week. It is the biggest lopsided play of the week. Everybody's on the Chiefs. Everybody's overreacting to the loss to the Browns. Don't do it. The Bolts still have plenty of reason to play. It'll show up this Sunday. My first NFL pick. week 17 is the chargers plus five and a half and that will do it for chasing ball game for this wednesday edition thanks for all the chasers that put up quality information i use today and thanks for all the new followers special thank you to all of my betting the buckets uh, bucket brigade members that have come back out and and have started listening again i really appreciate it glad you're on board thanks for the follow, and thanks for listening in i appreciate your time if you want to be a chaser Just share some information with me at Chasing Ball Game. I'm going to feature it right here on the show each and every week. Enjoy your Wednesday. Enjoy your holiday weekend that's coming up, and keep on chasing.